welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. and welcome to Turn the Page. I'm your host today, Jen, and I am here with two fantastic artists who are here to talk about a really moving and funny and thoughtful project. Could I please ask you to introduce yourselves and your project, please? I'm Kathy Fink. And I'm Marcy Markser. And the project is called All Wigged Out. It is a film, comedy, musical, uh, filmed live in front of a a wonderful, vibrant live audience, and the story is about Marcy's experience with breast cancer. It is, as I said, just such a lovely, lovely viewing experience. Uh, For listeners out there, right before we started recording, I said that I watched this twice, once over the weekend and then yesterday again, and there's just so much to discover every time you encounter it. Um, Before we get into it too much, could you tell us a little bit about your journey to the project? You cover some of that in the the show itself, but maybe you could give our, our listeners a little bit of an intro. Well, sure. You know, it might seem different to to do a film about uh, cancer that is actually a lighthearted and uh, it's got comedy elements to it. But spoiler alert, I'm still here. (laughs) So there's got to be positivity. And it's really my story. Um, All the events that went through the film were things that really happened to me. And often there were things that I thought were ridiculous or funny or the more unnatural, the funnier I thought they were. Um, And I shared my story with Kathy and she would take me for walks and record on the phone and ask me questions and just let me talk and vent and uh, say whatever I needed to say. And from there, it was Kathy's idea to turn it into a play. And from there, we went to a film. And um, one of the things is that it's got multiple perspectives in it. It's got Marcy's perspective as a cancer patient It has my perspective as a cancer patient's both partner as well as caregiver. Mm -hmm. And um, through both of our eyes, I think you also see a lot of elements of patient advocacy, a lot of elements that require patient advocacy. And um, and sort of we feel that it it benefits cancer patients, their caregivers, anybody who's in there circle, as well as people in the medical field who don't see it from the other person's point of view. They're in, they're in a, a different driver's seat, and sometimes they're so overwhelmed with how many patients they have and how much they have to get done in a day that the full story of the patient doesn't really come out and get incorporated into everything. And so we feel that there's kind of something for everyone in there. The journey from theater piece to film was really a COVID move because we had a um, slot in a local Fringe Festival, the DC Fringe Festival for the theater piece. And then of course, Fringe was canceled due to COVID in 2020. And we had this piece that we had worked quite a bit on and uh, by trade, we're musicians, we're Grammy winning musicians, we've been, touring, performing, recording, producing musicians for 50 years. And we had this big work of art that we had worked on. And 
I finally woke up one day and I went, you know, the day they open theaters, whenever COVID is making it safe, the day they open theaters, they're going to open on whatever closed on that stage. And then they're going to be a year and a half behind in that season. And then it's going to be the other two years ahead that they've promised other people. And I thought, you know, this is a four or five year wait. And I, we rethought it and we realized, you know, if we could film this as a live theater piece, then um, we've done the project number one, but we have the opportunity to serve a lot more people because if we do it in theaters, we're gonna do it in five or six smaller theaters for certain length runs and then you're kind of done. And I'm like, this, this is a national issue. It's of course way bigger than a national issue, but the American Cancer Society is currently saying that by 2030, one in two Americans will be diagnosed with cancer, any kind of cancer. And that means it's literally impossible to be a human on the planet and not come in contact with cancer in your life. Your cancer or a friend's cancer or a relative's cancer or, you know, all the way down the line. And number one, we wanna be prepared. How do we become good caregivers? How do we become patients with our own power? And what, you know, and how do, how does the medical I'm going to use this bizarre term, but how does the medical industry step up to the plate to deal with this amount of illness, number one, but number two, while recognizing that we're all individuals with our own stories and our own heartbeats. And as a patient, I really felt that it was important to do this piece of work because, I mean, for my personal out outlook is I didn't want to be a victim and every time I felt like things were totally out of my control I felt like a victim and I was just being dragged along so any way that I could take charge even if it was small or take charge in a way that made myself physically comfortable or emotionally more comfortable I did it and one of those things was uh, trying to make my oncologist laugh now, I had some great health professionals, some really brilliant health professionals, but my oncologist was not, let's say, steeped in the humor. <laughs> she, she was trying to save my life, and I was trying to make her laugh. So uh, it didn't always go well, but it gave me a goal. Okay, so I'm going to go in there, and this is what's going to happen. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear a Rastafarian hat with fake dreadlocks, and, uh, and I did, and, um, and then she turned her back, for a minute to the computer, she was turned around typing and I took the hat off and I had a ring of flowers around my head, my bald head. And uh, she looked back at me and she slowly looked at the computer and she said, what's the date today? And I told her the day, I thought it's weird, the doctor doesn't know the date. And then she said, who's the president of the United States? <laughs> and I thought, you know, I think I might be pushing it a little too far. <laughs> And it's yeah. like, are you still driving? It's like, wow, <laughs> I just have to behave here for just a few more minutes. Yeah, this woman had no sense of humor and she, you But know. it's funny, you know, I mean, it's like, it's funny to me. It's even more funny sometimes when I make a joke and people look at me like, what are you talking about? Um, like, yes, I said to my radiologist, I, I think the radiology is working because um, garage doors open and close when I walk down the street. <laughs> and, 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 
you know, many health professionals, they have personalities too, you know, they, uh, they can't just mend to, meld to our personalities. So many of them are funny, many of them are, are uh, kind of cryptic, a little dark humored, which I appreciate. Um, but really, this is about being a patient and being a caregiver. And the only way to do it is to have experience. Like before you have experience being a serious patient, you don't really know what to expect. Mm -hmm. But um, fortunately, I've been a patient for a number of years. And I know how to be a patient. And um, hopefully the film will provide a first experience before people are patients or for patients as a backup and also for caregivers before they're a caregiver. It's a little, to know a little about what to expect when they go in and hopefully it's like a little bit of a toolbox. It's a big toolbox and, and it's also very, it's hopeful. I mean, there's nothing lighthearted about cancer, but uh, you know, as you can see by my hair just barely being here, I'm I, you know, we had the irony and the ecstasy because just about the time that mm. All Wigged Out was being released to the world, um, I got my own diagnosis that was very similar to Marcy's. So and so I was uh, promoting All Wigged Out from the chemo chair. And, um, you know, I feel like, okay, well, this is round two for us. We've traded places now. Marcy's the caregiver and I'm sort of the patient. And you know, we did a good job taking the patient power on round one, but round two, we knew more. And also the circumstances were different. You know, people need to be aware of the fact that post COVID, the hospitals don't have what they had before. They have great doctors, they have great medical people, but they don't have as much support staff as they need. And there are times when you need to step up to the plate and go, okay, here's my calendar. Let's get all these appointments together now. And um we were able to do that and um you know i get to repeat some of marcy's jokes i'm in my last week of radiation and i'm i look forward to being set free by the whole thing but you know what's radiation it's like being abducted by aliens and um i talk about that with the radiologists all the time you know i'm like here they come with their three different colored markers and they're going to write x's and o's all over me and put tape over that and you think i'm not being abducted by aliens she's a marked woman <laughs> <laughs> um so we feel like they're really there's some wonderful books out there there's a few films but this is a film with a different take and even though it is you know, primarily storytelling. It's storytelling in the service of how can we make this better for you? Absolutely. That is, um, I think, one of the greatest uh, services that this show performs is that it does walk people through what can be a really disempowering and terrifying experience. And just in terms of, um, you know, the way that you prepare people for you know, medical jargon that is at once euphemistic and also deeply upsetting, like at the same time, and also pointing out places where you're going to find community, like with other patients and like with, you know, Amy of uh, Denmark, which was my favorite song. <laughs> So like pointing out all those places where you're going to find your hope is a, a really valuable service. It sure is. You have to find those places and they're not really obvious before you become a patient necessarily. i I had really driven past Amy of Denmark for a long time, for years, and it, it really is a little wig shop in a strip mall with a, you know, a liquor store and a Peruvian chicken 
place. And there we were, yeah. you know, eight years later walking in there for me. And, yeah. and it, we walked in the door and it was just all hugs and uh, picked up where we left off. And they were thrilled to be represented in the film because it's, it's true that, first of all, I, I literally consider them to be part of our care team. Mm -hmm. And in, in my case, I got a wig. I also got something called a halo, which is they cut my long hair and attached it to a headband. So I have my own hair that if I wore like a baseball cap or a hat, you could see my, you know, it makes me look like me, not the witness protection program. I never wore either of them, but they were an insurance policy. Hey, I might need to wear them. Hey, we're going to have a few performances. I might, I might want to wear more than a baseball cap. Being prepared was worthwhile. But knowing and, that they could do that ahead of time, because they did that with me, but having that little bit of knowledge that a lot of cancer patients just don't know about. Yeah, and they were clearly, you know, they were part of the care team. Okay, what's your situation? Let's, let's, let's deal with this. Let's make you feel like you look as good as you can look and come on back and, you know, we'll, we'll play with it. We'll style it. We'll wash it for you. You know, every time you walk in there, there's a big smile and a hug and, you know, it, it really is, you know, it's part of the medicine without being medical. And these people have a gift. They have a real gift, loving hearts. Um, along with the chemo nurses, along with um, other volunteer organizations. I mean, they do it because of the love they have and the uh, amount that they want to share and help other people. So it's, it's just really amazing. It's awesome. And we've been building another whole community through the film. We've been traveling with the film, doing screenings. Um, we have a screening coming up mid-October in St. Louis, and we're calling it the Gold Star Screening because we're gonna have a screening, we're gonna have a post-screening panel, which we love to do. It's Q&A with the two of us, people from a cancer support organization, some medical professionals, you know, talking about the film and talking about the latest and making sure that people know what their local resources are. But they are also bringing a mammogram truck to the event. <laughs> And if you haven't gotten screened, you can just stand in line and get your screening right at that event. Bring your friends and have a screening. And, and men, bring your the people, the women that you love. And, and one of the things that we've found <laughs> is since COVID, um, there's a lot of women who have postponed for too long getting their screenings. And then they got out of the habit, you know, and we all need to get back in that habit. This could save your life. Both Marcy and I are here thanks to early detection, mammogram screenings of things that the doctors said, we never would have found this in an exam. Thank goodness for the mammogram. So, you know, it gives us an opportunity to do that service as well. And I was just talking with somebody last night who said, you know, I'm so glad that um, that we're it's a performing arts center that's going to show the film. And the woman who's the, the artistic director said, you you convinced me that I need to get my mammogram. And I got it a month ago and I hadn't had one in five years. And I'm like, yes, now go every year, please. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is incredible to have that sort of feedback, too, that shows you that the effect that the film is having. Um, I would love to know a little bit about um, 
how do I phrase this? Maybe like you're both multi-instrumentalists. Um, you deal in multiple music genres, which are represented in the film. Were there new challenges that were presented by taking your own story and making it into art? Like, was this the most autobiographical thing you've done? And was that a really new experience or was it something you'd done before? You know, that's an interesting question. Kathy and I spent years and, and we're still in, of course, the folk scene. And I use that as a huge, huge generalization. But in our early days, we got to work with Pete Seeger a lot. And one of his sayings was, you can talk to kids about anything as long as you do it with humor. And we already had done projects that were educational, but funny too, and fun, a little bit of serious. Like we consider a children's album, a plate of nutrition. You want a little of this, a little of that, a little of that, some colors, some dessert. You you know, you want all that on a kid's album. And I think it's natural for us to be um, teachers but, along with entertainers. But to, to sort of spin back to telling our own story, and in this case, telling your story, this is the first time we've done something this autobiographical. Mm, yeah, that's Autobiographical, true. totally. And the challenge there... Um, was there's plenty of material, you know, but but one of the ways that we met this challenge was by partnering with a friend who is a professional storyteller, great comedian, a fellow by the name of Andy Offit Irwin. And he's also a very close inner circle friend. So we trusted him with our story. And so once we sort of got the bones of the story written down. We started meeting with Andy for two or three days at a time, going over it, fine tuning it, bringing out, he would ask us questions and he'd go, oh yeah, that needs to be in this show. You, you know, we need to build that part of the story, etc." And I think it's, I think it also was helpful because it's one thing to tell your story to each other when you're writing it, but it's another thing to tell your story to someone else. And so Andy was that third ear, that person who understood what we went through, went through some of it with us, but isn't us. And uh, we love to give credit where credit is due. And Andy Offit Irwin deserves credit as the, uh, as the third co-writer. And also I feel like the team in Chicago from HMS Media, who are the film production company we worked with, they made us feel very comfortable telling every piece of this story. And I also wanna give credit to Tracy Walsh, the director. Tracy had directed plenty of theater, but she had never directed film before. So this was a challenge for her, but she understood you know, I think the other thing that's challenging here is in the film, we're playing ourselves, right? And I'm playing multiple people. Um, we didn't really have to do much character research. <laughs> but we didn't have to do character research, but there is, uh, there are some nuances to the concept of playing yourself in a theatrical piece as opposed to just being you you know we're used to being on stage we're used to introducing a song with a story we're used to getting people to sing with us or helping them laugh or helping them cry we're used to all of that but to do it fluidly with a piece that starts 
at minute one and doesn't end until minute 58 and doesn't start and stop the way your songs in a concert do. Um, that was a very big challenge. And for that challenge, we memorized the script here in Maryland. But when we went, to, we went to Chicago for a full month and rehearsed five days or six days a week with Tracy and rehearsed on our own and edited a lot, lots of editing on the fly. Um, it was a huge challenge and something that I'm enormously proud of. By the time that month was over, then two days after the filming was done, we went in the studio with the two fabulous band members, Stacy McMichael on bass and Janet Kramer on drums and made the cast album because they knew this show inside out and outside in. They knew it. They literally had memorized it before we got to Chicago. And when we went to rehearsals, they knew every cue and we still involved them in more scenes, doing more things. And, um, you know, it was like you, you build a family in a month. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I, it's shocking to hear that this was the first film that your director had experience with. Cause I think uh, something it does a really good job of doing is it lets the live performance speak for itself. Like you get the audience reactions and you see how they're, or you hear how they're responding. Um, but it also has some filmic qualities too, with like the camera shots and interesting lighting and things like that. So that's extraordinarily impressive. <laughs> camera crew were fantastic. The lighting they, director also yeah. built that set. That was in a dance studio. There were no theaters open or available. And we rented a dance studio and Todd Clark, who designed the whole lighting stuff, also designed the stage and it was built in less than 48 hours. I got that whole theater that looks like a real theater um, was, you know, that's the power of theater is the power of make believe. And um, every single person who worked on this gave it a thousand percent. Well, thank you so much for sharing this project with me and our listeners. It was such a joy to get to watch this and to talk to you. And just thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank, thank you, you so much for covering this film, All Wigged Out. And if people want to find out more about it, um, share it with their friends. They can do it through the library. They can go to our website, kathymarcy.com. And there's a whole page dedicated to All Wigged Out. And, uh, you know, spread it around. And libraries, you know, that's the com community meeting place. It ha they have been since libraries were formed in this country, and they still are. So we really appreciate that. We appreciate your support. Great. Thank you. Okay, listeners, please check out All Wigged Out. You will not regret it. It is such a delight. You're going to learn so much, and you're going to feel so much and think so much. So please check it out. Thank you so much for listening. It is now time to close this chapter. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.